Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Chef Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have a repeat offender today. Her name is Stacy Sherman, the founder of Doing CX Right. You may have heard her on the show before. So great, we had to bring her back. A few things before we dive into our amazing interview, and that is if you've got a story on customer service that you want to share with us, an amazing story, or you have a question you'd like me to answer, well, just reach out to me on any of the social media channels. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And remember to use the hashtag, hashtag AskShep. I'll answer the questions you send it either right on the show, in the newsletter, or one of those social media platforms directly. And speaking of a show, don't forget about my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, C-Suite TV. And now the episodes are on YouTube. If you just go to beamazing.tv, that's beamazing.tv, it'll take you straight to a landing page where all of our episodes from season one, as well as I believe five episodes now from season two. Uh, we just did our sixth episode just the other day. The fifth episode just came out. Very excited about that. Maybe it's because I'm into food and hospitality, but we had a woman who was the number one Marriott hotel manager as a guest. And we had a top award-winning James Beard, best food chef. And he talked about how the most important thing in the restaurant wasn't the food. It was the dishwasher. So <laughs> get that. He says, dishwasher is king. No matter how good the food is, if it comes out on a dirty plate, it is going back. <laughs> so, all right. Stacy Sherman doing CX right. How are you again? I am doing great. Thank you. I love your food story. And, and I can imagine that's a whole experience there. Well, it's really cool because this guy is a James Beard award-winning chef, which is like one of the top honors in the world, right? My daughter works for this guy named Danielle Balud out of New York, who's a very, very famous chef. And apparently these guys know each other. And uh, there's a restaurant here in St. Louis is one of my favorite. I have like my top five restaurants because there's not one favorite. There's a favorite for this and a favorite for that. But Pasteria is one of the best. And uh, I found out that I could interview the head chef. Now, obviously he's not there very often because he's got his other restaurants around the country, but uh, it was great to have him in the studio. And, and he's just a cool guy. And he said, yeah, you know, I said, so tell me what's it like, you know, like, what does it take to win? And he goes, you need a really good team. <laughs> and then he used an analogy of bike riding. And here I am, I'm giving the summary of a TV show, but here's the lesson. He said, the famous bike riders who've won the Tour de France, you know, Greg LeMond, Lance Armstrong, and whomever. Not that Lance is the best example these days, but, you know, it's he won. So this guy uh, who's like a guy like Greg or Lance, they're in the middle of this pack of riders. And these riders are there to protect him and they're there to carry him until the very end. And then this one person does what he or she is supposed to do. And that is take off because that's what their expertise is. But throughout the whole journey up until that point, these people surrounding them are like, you know, the servers and the cooks and the dishwashers that are in the restaurant that are making sure that when it's time to bring that fancy meal out, that's supposed to taste amazing that they've done all their part. 
And I thought, oh, what a great analogy. So we had fun with that one. Anyway, this show is not about that. This show is about you, Stacey. Now, I want everybody to know, you have a day job, which in real life is putting to practice what doing CX Ride is all about. Give us a quick update on that. Yes, um, I'm walking that CX Talk 24 by 7 minus uh, uh, sleep and family time. And that is driving a customer-first culture through engaged employees. And it's a, it's a practice, it's a movement, it's a culture, and it's a measurement to make sure everybody's accountable. Measurement, really important. Peter Drucker or W. Edwards Deming, depending on who you love to quote, they both said it. You can't manage what you don't measure. You need to have those baseline numbers and know what improvements or what issues you've had that have dropped. So, well, you came to me and said, Shep, I want to come back on the show. And I have something very specific I want to talk about. And I said, okay, so why don't you share with us what that is? I know what it is, everybody. Yeah. I, she's not surprising <laughs> me, but I want you to say yeah. it, Stacey. <laughs> so, yes, March uh, is a uh, National Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And I thought it's a cool time to talk about not just women, but inclusion, diversity of thought. Why does it matter? What does it have to do with CX? And it felt like a good time to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is probably airing right at the end of March or first part of April. So it also, let's think about that for a second. The world dedicates days, months to special things. You know, there's Women's History Month or Black History Month or uh, how about National Customer Service Week? Okay. And I think you and I have the philosophy in looking at some of my notes in prepping you don't believe it should be a month. I don't believe National Customer Service Week should be a week. It should be every day, all the time, forever. Yes, absolutely. And on the topic of inclusion and, and diversity and all the, that, I know that there's these dedicated days, but I um, people might debate me on this, but I, I would like us to get to a place where when we talk about leadership, it's leadership, period. It's not woman leadership, male leadership, it's human leadership. So it's fine, we can have all these special holidays, but at some point, maybe it's when my daughter is, you know, in, in the work world, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be just leadership. Yeah, I, I get it. So what do you call a woman CEO? She, she uh, I don't A CEO. <laughs> <laughs> It was a trick question. It was right. a trick question. So, <laughs> but isn't that true? So I, I heard a friend of mine uh, who's a magician, uh, African-American magician, actually wrote a wonderful article in the Magic Magazine. And some of the people who are listening know that I do this, uh, that I, I do magic as a hobby still. I, I used to do it in high school and college and nightclubs and comedy clubs and all that. But anyway, uh, he said, what do you call a black magician? And some guy said, I don't know. He goes, a magician, you racist. Yes. <laughs> and he was, of course, joking with it a little bit. But you get the idea. I mean, it's it's a CEO. It's a leader. It doesn't matter whether it's a him, whether it's a her, whether it's, you know, it doesn't make any difference. 
Yeah, we need to get there. Um, we're not there yet, but we need to get there. And I, I want to reflect one second back to the restaurant story, because there's something you said that really drives home for me. And you said, you know, it was like all these players before it got to the, you know, this wonderful plate to the table. How many people are behind the scenes making it awesome? And I say this at work, like you have a CX job, even if you're in the back office or you're supporting the people, you know, who bring the dish out, you matter and you have a CX job. And so I love the teamwork that you described earlier, whether you're male or female, don't care, you know, teamwork makes it happen. Yep. Everybody has a job. And, you know, I'm always, I look back at teams, sports teams, especially, and, you know, there's blended cultures and races in a lot of baseball and football and basketball. And I look at how the teammates are together, black, white, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, and that's just one example. And it shouldn't matter if it's a, a female or a male who's running the company, as long as it's the best person. And and everybody seems to be equally qualified. And it just seems that many people, many, whether it be gender, race, color, religion, some people seem to be chosen over others, regardless of, of ability. Is that, is that an accurate way of saying it? It is. In fact, um, have you seen Oprah Winfrey's, Winfrey's show? Um, it's on Apple and it's called Uncomfortable Conversations. Oh, yeah. I can't stop thinking about that show. I love it. And that's what I think we need. We need uncomfortable conversations. There's one person who said on the show that that she was, she was <laughs> very um, forthcoming to say, that when she looked at resumes, she would look to see, is it a white or black name? And I was like, wow, like people would look at a name and make a judgment. Wow. So that's what happens behind the scenes of how people choose. I get it. It happens. Um, and it's a shame that it happens. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about how this impacts the culture of a company and ultimately could negatively or positively impact the customer experience. We are talking with Stacy Sherman, the founder of Doing CX Right. My name's Shep Hyken. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken here, but you knew that. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back again and again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. The book ships out in September, but purchase it today and you'll get instant access to the ebook at no extra charge. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken.
We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Stacey Sherman. We're talking about basically diversity and inclusion. And what made her think about this was uh, March was Women's History Month. And why does it have to be just a month? I mean, I get it. We always should take time to celebrate something and maybe accentuate the point, but it shouldn't be the only time we think about it. So Stacey, how does all of this impact the customer experience? A lot. Um, So if we talk about from the customer first, then we'll go to the employee. The customer, we as CX practitioners are getting customer feedback very intentionally through the customer journey. So it is the onus is on us to actually, when we're getting customer feedback, we can't just go to one type of customer. There's got to be a variety of customers all shapes and sizes that that give us the feedback so that when we inform product development market messaging it is catering to all people and all different uh, buyers so it's in the it's in the practice that we have to do as far as employees you also want to bring the employee voice to the table, the employees of different diverse thought backgrounds, because again, you're going to create products and services for customers that have a true variety. That's what the world is. So it's important that we stop creating kind of a one size fits all and and design with diversity in mind. All right. So I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm a hundred percent on board with you, but I want to throw out what could happen. Let's say I own a clothing store and there's uh, I'm in the middle of a very uh, diverse culture, but I decide, you know what? I want to try to remain neutral. So I just have the basic, most popular clothing styles. I don't have anything that's specifically for folks from India that, you know, the SARS, for example, I don't have, I don't know, Muslim attire. You know, I've got Hispanics in my neighborhood. You know, I'm not selling sombreros, okay, for a generic lack of a better term. Uh, I don't know the names of any of these types of clothing, by the way, because I'm not in the fashion, but you get my drift. At what point do I start to bring on a line to cater to a specific group in my community but I have left another one out that becomes offended. And then, so, okay, so now I'll, I'll make sure, thanks for telling me, I'm going to add that to my list of merchandise. And then all of a sudden I realize I'm leaving someone else out. And then all of a sudden I, you know, I'm creating this really, uh, I don't, I don't know where, where does it stop? Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's why, I mean, we do have to take care of segmentation. Great word, segmentation. You, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> but, but it's true. We have to segment. But I'm just saying that when we segment, because we can't appeal to everyone with everything, but it is that conscious and sensitivity as we're segmenting. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, hey, the other thing is, if you don't see something that you want, let us know and we'll get it for you. And then we can special order anything. Yes, yes, Yeah. exactly. All right, so back to uh, the CX experience. Now, I worked, uh, one of our guests, I believe it was Eric Williams from Call Miner. He said, uh, we talked about this issue that a percentage of the calls coming in to customer support reps they make racial insensitive slurs. And it was an incredibly high percentage of 
people that yell, use cuss words and racial slurs. I went, wow. And then he went on to say, uh, it takes up to 40 minutes for the agent to get over that, that even though they try to end the call, clear their head and move on, it's very difficult for them to do. And so I always feel bad when I am in front. So I'm in line and there's somebody in front of me at the airport and that person is being such a jerk to the person who's working behind the counter. And when that jerk leaves, the person says, can I help you? I said, I just hope that I am not the recipient of a bad attitude based on that guy. <laughs> they, they always laugh and it just lightens it up and say, I'm going to hopefully be an easy passenger for you. And they always go, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I have to piggyback on that because I was set up. I was on um, today, not today show, but um, it was NBC. It was called My Kid Would Never Do That with um, Natalie Morales. I was set up as was my daughter. We were brought in for one thing and it turned into something else. And it turned into a bullying situation. And how would we handle it? And it's fascinating when you're in the moment when you're watching bullying happen or, or just rudeness, let's call it rudeness. Um, what do you do in that experience? And it's not so easy to answer that when you're in that moment, are you going to step in or are you going to watch, you know, how do you handle it? So they put up these different scenarios and I was just in shock what was going on in front of me that I didn't even know how to respond because I was, I was in shock, like, what is happening here? Natalie Morales was disguised and, and dressed up, but it, I wrote about it. I wrote a whole blog article. I'll share it with you. But the, the lesson is, first of all, words have changed over the years. So when I was growing up, it would have been called teasing. Now it was called bullying. Two, when do you step in? When do you step out? And it's not always a f clear line. But now I'm more conscious of it. So when I see situations, see something, say something, it's how you handle it. Right. So I think that's important. As a leader or a manager in any group that you work with, whether it be in the support center world where people are hearing negative comments and angry customers are coming in all the time, whether you uh, hear a, uh, a salesperson come back and say, I had no idea that that person was a racist, that customer that we work for. Well, why? What happened? And they made they made some pretty bad comments as a leader. I mean, you've got to be strong enough if this is in your core values to say, thank you for letting me know. We're going to have a discussion with them to determine whether or not we want to continue to do business with them moving forward. What does that say? It's a rhetorical question, but I want your comment on it. What does that say about the leader and the care for their employees. Yeah, a lot. So this isn't, again, about man, woman. It's about human humanity. It's about yeah, compassion. compassion. And and that's where I want the world to go. I want it to go where it's it's doing the right thing, regardless of where you came from and where you live and how much money you make. And so, right, it's never okay to, to be rude to somebody else. And especially, you know, a customer service rep, they're just the messenger, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, they're a messenger of knowledge and information, but they have the ability to create a relationship or 
the ability to destroy it if you know with the wrong training with the wrong personality if it's been hired if you've hired somebody that has a bad personality and shouldn't be on the front line and you know that uh number one you can find out about it rather quickly but you can also find out about it through behavioral style testing before somebody ever opens their mouth to one of your customers you have an opportunity to find out are they sociable are they willing at least to get in front and and if they are are they trainable? Are they compliant? And then what's their personality like? But if you hear, boy, I mean, at what point do you have to say, if a customer is making a bad choice with the words they use and the way they treat your own people, as a leader, you've got to be strong enough to say, my people are more important than that sale. Okay. I also suggest that you do it in such a way that gives the customer the opportunity to come back when they see the error of their ways. That would be important. Uh, but if you have an employee that's practicing any of what we're talking about toward the customer, I don't think, I think it's a zero tolerance, not only toward the customer, but toward fellow employees as well. Yeah. And as a leader also, we're obligated, we should want to, not, not, not obligated, want to listen to the calls, right? I'll listen to the recordings and I will use great examples to say thank you this is what great looks like and then when i hear not good use them as coaching yep. not reprimanding but coaching yep. so i think as you talked about leadership it's it's finding the examples and demonstrating it so some of it people don't realize the biases come from grandparents growing up friends that said things you know I don't believe for a moment that my father-in-law, for example, was ever prejudiced, but occasionally he would use words that his parents and grandparents used that were so inappropriate today. But that wasn't who he was. That's how he was brought up. So how do you break that habit? You know, it's important. I think first is awareness. Second is education. And third is reinforcement. Reinforce when it's being done right. You know, uh, there was somebody in my office uh, who worked here and I'll just tell you this funny story, then we're going to wrap up. But I think it makes the point. Uh, they said, uh, hey, can you sign a book for me? And I said, yeah. And I said, and the name? They go by Bob. And I go, okay, to Bob and who else? What do you mean who else? You said they. I did say they. And I said, well, so who else? Just to Bob. And I go, Bob. So, and it, this went on. And I could tell she was enjoying this conversation and I was becoming frustrated. And basically at the end, she goes, he likes to be identified as a they. And I said, so let me tell you, in all my years in life, up until recently, very recently, they has always been plural. Okay. And I'm trying to get over it. I get it. Okay. But sometimes you got to help me out and don't string me along for so long. <laughs> What a great lesson. I bet you never make, you never, you, you accept any pronoun now. Yeah. yeah. When you say, when they say they, I do accept any pronoun, but I'm trying to, when they say they, and they say, sign it to Bob, that's how they like to be, you know, what referred to. I go, okay, dear Bob, hope y'all are having a good time. No, I, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. All right, Stacy, we've got time for one more question and you've given us some good insights uh, already. I think that number one, if nothing else, You've brought to light a, a way of thinking. Number two, we talked a little bit about what happens on the front line. You know, I think we teach people, 
We coach them when they need it. Uh, they're probably very good people and just need that coaching. So uh, what would be the one last nugget? The one thing question, is there one last idea, nugget, thought that you want to leave with us today? Don't ever hire Archie Bunker. <laughs> so there is a whole generation that does not have any idea what that means. Okay. <laughs> so, and for those don't, that don't, it, I, I can't imagine. Very funny, Norman Lear uh, produced and created this show called All in the Family. Archie Bunker, and I'm talking about the early 1970s, was a racist, bigot, et cetera, et cetera, treated women the wrong way, uh, treated his son-in-law, he called him meathead, okay, <laughs> the wrong way. His next door neighbor, who I believe was black, uh, created another issue. It was like, how could this person, you know, be this person? So we don't want to hire Archie Bunker, but give me one more. Go ahead, give me one more. <laughs> I just like watching you laugh. <laughs> you made me laugh, you made me oh, laugh. Oh, good, good. Um, I would just say increase your everyone to increase their level of empathy. Oh, yeah. Walk around every day more empathetic because you'll see things that you wouldn't have seen before. Yep. I love that. And you can do things differently. I wanted to use that word earlier and I got distracted and I'm so glad you brought it back to us because that's the perfect place to end on this. Empathy will help you gain an understanding as to how other people feel about all issues. So listen and understand. Stacy. it's great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That wraps up another amazing interview on Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.